in the last, in that series of those word studies about eternity. But as I looked at it and got into it, I realized that's going to take a couple of weeks because it's a really big concept. There's a lot of scripture that's there and there's some really special revelation about uh, how, how we project into that concept and that word something that I think actually hurts our ability to see what it means. And uh, it, it's one of the reasons why such a bold statement that Jesus made in John chapter 17, this is eternal life, that you would know the Father and Jesus whom you sent, it doesn't get very much traction. A bunch of other things that uh, eternity modifies get more attention. So anyway, <clears throat> that's uh, why I'm not talking about eternity tonight. But I'm super excited about talking about overcoming, especially after all these testimonies and the stuff that's been going on. It's a who question, not a what question. That's the thing that really struck me. Now, where this came from was the Lord spoke something very significant to me, too, about this overcoming. And I, I, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about it, but I don't want to get too crazy. Um, but I had a couple of challenging days. And I don't have very many days where I'm just like really stuck, but I, I did. I had a couple that, that I was really, really stuck. And um, uh, I, I know I, I, there were some real issues, kind of like what you said, you know, boy, this looks like this is coming. And, and so that's a real thing. But I let it, I let it run around in my heart and in my head and Coupled with that, I started sort of confessing, saying out loud, indulging. I, I like to call it indulgence because it feels like it's indulgence to me. Uh, wow, I'm really looking forward to some time. Wow, I'm really uh, tired. Or, wow, this is really, you know, I don't know. And it's just kind of grousing around. And uh, But I think there's more to it than that. And having gone through it, come back out the other side, feeling pretty good about it now, uh, and especially, again, with what all you guys were sharing today there's, it, it reinforces to me that there's power in our being made in the image of God. There's power in us being image bearers, like we talked about. And there's power in our words, there's power in our hearts, there's power in our minds. And so the combination of there being real challenges, real challenges, they're not fake, but they're real, and uh, and then sort of surrendering to the sense of mm, and overwhelm about those challenges, I think uh, set up a potential effort on the part of the enemy to try to get me to take sides against the goodness of God in a situation. Uh, and, you know, I, I, if you said, well, did you do that? Uh, I, I, I didn't do it overtly, for sure. But the Lord spoke to me, and and He said it was the uh, it was the entertainment and the, the sort of spiraling thinking about um, a financial challenge and a strategic challenge um, that I think the, I've got it in here. There's something else I'm going to read to you out of the journal. But uh, he, he said it's what invited dispirited spirits <laughs> to try to get you to agree with the negative. Uh, oh, that's an interesting word. Dispirited spirits. I don't really know what that means. I'm gonna have to, you know, like think about that a little bit. But anyway, so so what happened was I realized, oh my gosh, overcoming is such a huge deal. And 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 uh so I just wanted to do a quick word study on that with you guys and some thoughts, and then I want to share something that the Lord said to me. So, no review, because it's a new topic. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> so, we know what we're talking about anyway, kind of on common ground. This is just a dictionary definition of define the word of overcome. Uh, succeed in dealing with a problem or a difficulty. So, overcoming presupposes a challenge, problem or a difficulty, right? So, think about that. Overcoming is something that the Lord features. He's something, or it's something that He Himself did. Therefore, the nature of problems or difficulties has forever been changed. 
forever because they are an occasion for overcoming. And I think that's a big deal. And I don't think that's just, you know, putting lipstick on a pig or being, being happy face. I think it's really true. So here it is. She worked hard to overcome her paralyzing shyness. Um, and a lot of times, even if you just look at that example that they put in the dictionary, overcoming is a transformational event. You are different after you overcome, right? So uh, similar are a whole bunch of these words. Get the better of, prevail over, control, get control of, get or bring under control, bridle, tame, master, gain mastery over, deal with, conquer. Uh, I highlighted a couple words that are used in the Bible for the word overcome uh, or as uh, active verbal synonyms of them. Uh, defeat, vanquish. Uh, David Bentley Hart translates the word we're going to look at in just a minute, vanquish in a couple of places. Uh, in First John, where it, it talks about um, fathers that you have overcome, you have vanquished, or young men, you have vanquished the enemy. So it's it's a very aggressive word. Overcoming is a very aggressive process. Beat, solve, triumph over, best, worst. I, don't, I, I was trying to think of how worst gets used. Uh, I don't really, I, I'm not exactly sure. Overpower is obvious, overwhelm. Get over, get a grip on, curb, subdue, subjugate, repress, quell. And then the last one, lick, meaning like, Pow. I don't think it's that. Like <laughs> David did on his spoon on breakfast the other day. Uh, all right. So the second definition is to de- defeat an opponent. Defeat an opponent. And the truth of the matter is, this aspect of overcoming also changes the, the actual nature of having an opponent. Having an enemy, Right? Because there's always the opportunity to overcome or defeat or whatever. Similars are defeat, uh, beat, best, conquer, trounce, uh, thrash, rout, or vanquish. Okay. Now, thank goodness, because we've been on some very challenging word studies. This is not one. <laughs> this is not one. There really is only these, uh, th- this one family of words and then two other instances that get translated overcome at all. So the word nikeo, is from the word Nike. Isn't that interesting? And I mean, how many of you knew that Nike was like uh, an overcome word, a success, a victory word? Yeah, okay. So that's why they named the company that. And, you know, it makes sense because of who they're marketing to. So, but Nikeo, it comes from the root Nike and it's translated uh, victory one time, conquest and so on. Uh, Nike is translated victory one time in, uh, in the King James, I think. Um, and that's in First John five four. We'll look at that in a little bit, maybe. Uh, but anyway, the root is so Nikeo though is in the New Testament in Greek twenty eight times, and it means conquer, overcome, prevail, or vanquish. And in the King James, it's translated this way: to overcome, or overcame, or overcometh is translated uh, twenty four times. So that's the dominant meaning of that word. And it's again, it's it's fun doing a word study where it's not so complicated meaning conquer and conquering is two hath prevailed is one and then a big long phrase them that has gotten the victory is the other one so the point is this word nikeo is pretty much means overcoming right there's not a lot of confusion about that it's not pulled from another source or anything along those lines there's one other word here called heta aumai and it is to be enslaved, and it's the, that's what that means. And it means, or it's translated one time and used one time, to be overcome. So you can imagine that if somebody was coming to your town and they were going to conquer you and you were overcome and enslaved, that's where the overcome came from on that. But it, it it's Paul talking about that, and it's translated... Uh, when Paul says that you know your church is no less inferior, and it's kind of a sarcastic chastening going back and forth between Paul and the church. And the last one is this kata kurieu, and it is to exercise dominion over. And if you remember the story in Acts 19, that's pretty cool. But if you don't, I'll remind you what it is. It's where the um, Jewish exorcist uh, were going to cast out the, the demon from that that person, Gal. And uh, they said, you know, in, in Jesus' name and Paul, you know, and the demon said, well, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but it overcame them. It, it beat them up. So that's it. So really, the first word up here, Nikeo, is the only one we've got to really spend a whole lot of energy thinking about. And it just means 
uh, it, it means conquer, overcome, prevail, or vanquish. Okay? So here's some scriptures. John 16.33 is the one that I think is the root of understanding overcoming. And it's super, super important, and I like it. These things I have spoken to you. This is at the end of John chapter 16. John chapter 17, Jesus jumps in and, and goes into the, uh, the prayer that he gave to the Father. Talks about, uh, I've done all you've, you've asked me to do, and I'm praying for these guys and eternal life. But these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. So this is, if there's only one point we can walk away from tonight with, the one I'd want you to walk away is that overcoming is directly linked to being in Christ and Christ in you. And he assumes that by saying, I have overcome the world as if that's supposed to be an encouragement to us. And I, I know I've confessed to you guys in the past that there was a time in my life where I literally asked the Lord, well, that's, that's good for you, but what's the big deal for me? Because I had no understanding of union. I had no understanding that He came to give me His life. But you can see it right here. Look, uh, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. And then just earlier in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I think it's John 15, uh, in the same dialogue leading up to His arrest, he says, my peace I give to you. And so I realized that one reason that overcoming is sort of undersold maybe in our Christian thinking and discipleship is because we don't re realize that it is a, an actual impartation of presence. It's an impartation. It's a manifestation of John 14, 20. And that day you'll know that I'm in my Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. We don't overcome as... Uh, by mimicking Jesus. We overcome by receiving His victory over the cosmos, over the darkness, over all this kind of stuff. And again, once you get your teeth into union and you understand how significant it is, how it touches every area of your life, it's really hard not to see it and it's hard not to realize it's there. So overcoming isn't a goal out in front of us when we face an enemy or when we face a challenge. Overcoming is the gift of His victory through the cross, through actually starting with the incarnation and just getting into the darkness that we had. Assuming that, and then being lifted up and dragging all to Himself. Overcoming is the victory of Jesus given to you. Manifest in you and me. And whatever the circumstances are, just like the variety that we were talking about here. So these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. The consequence of overcoming is all kinds of things, but the first sort of fruit of it is peace in the middle of the storm or in the middle of the warning. And that's why I thought what Dave said was so powerful because if God says something, something, something needs to be done about this because this is a threat, whatever form that would take. That's not like, that's, that's not a warning. That's an invitation for us to step up and to step into the realization that He is saying that because He is with us in the middle of it. And He is committed to being with us in the middle of it. And that was what I lost sight of when I was kind of wrestling with these financial challenges that are coming and, uh, and just my own, the stuff about my own life. I mean, we've, like Vicky and I, one of the things we're, we're saying about doing, or we're actually planning on doing, is getting our house ready for sale. And, and um, it rained here. It snowed at our house about two feet. And it was every shovelful weighed about 40 pounds. It was just that incredible, you know. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've got a, a place that's been great. We've had people living with us for the whole time we've lived there almost. Uh, it's too big now. But you know what? The thought of getting rid of all your stuff, dealing with it, downsizing, moving, all kind of stuff. Uh, there's two or three things to think about that way. And and I was kind of allowing myself to grouse around thinking only about the work, and only about the awkwardness, the uncomfortableness and everything. Uh, no, when the Lord speaks about something like that, say, hey, it's time to do this. This is coming. He is declaring His presence in the middle of that situation, in the middle of that challenge. 
That's what this is. I have overcome the world. Be at peace. I'm telling you this so you can be at peace. I've overcome the world, so let's get to work. Anyway, it was really beautiful. So here's the next one. Uh, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, this is in 1 John toward the end. We, is that one we looked at? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and we observe his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. Now, normally that verse, if, some, if somebody asks you, what's that verse about? What's it talking about? It's talking about discipleship, right? It's talking about being faithful. It's talking about being obedient to the Lord. It's talking about following the Lord, following the Lord. It's about discipleship. It's about growth. It's got all kinds of things attached to it. But look at what it really says. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. I think if we properly understood the partnership that God has committed to, the union relationship that leads to overcoming, because he has already overcome. He is an overcomer. And so are we in his eyes. I think we would not, we would not try to learn how to have faith at an arm's length or as a, as a standalone commodity. Our faith in what? Well, whatever's born of God, whoever's born of God. When God speaks to you about something coming, well, that's just ripe for faith, right? That's just ripe for faith. It's not ripe for fear. Fear is what comes against it. Uh, if we were to back up, you know, into into four, uh, in First John four, that's where it talks about perfect love cast out fear, because fear involves punishment. You don't need to fear. You need to love. So this is not. This is almost like in my mind right now. I'm seeing it almost like the way we misinterpret or we think wrongly about First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen. We read that like a list of love characteristics that we have to somehow muster up. No, that's a list of who God is as being love. And then as we engage in him and he gives himself to us in union, that's who we are. And so in this way, we're people of faith, overcoming people of faith. And I've never seen it that way. And it was super encouraging to me personally. And I, I wanted to share it with you guys as well. Um, The other thing that's amazing, look at how relational this is. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. We're going to look back. I don't know if I got it on here. I think I do. But do you remember in John chapter 1, it says, I think it's 10 or 12, 10 probably, uh, that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, gave you the power to become children of God. Not... Of the, uh, uh, of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but born of God. That's the point of, of the born again experience. God's behind this. It's, it's by His will that you and I are born. It's His will you and I are here. Not an accident. It's God's will. It's God's will. And then, uh, obviously, that is what's being talked about up here in John 5, 1 and 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Okay. It's not a command to work harder. It's a command to receive the union with the overcoming one. And then take the step that he says take. Take the way that he leads you. That's going to change things. All right. Matthew 28 Here's the, the, the juice behind it. You know, this is the, the, the magnitude of this. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, this is the summation of his ministry before departure in the ascension, right? This is called the Great Commission. How many of you have ever labored under guilt about the, the, what the Great Commission calls you to do that you're not doing perfectly? I have. I have. I don't think that's what this is talking about. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now that's a pretty astounding statement, just as a standalone. All authority. Uh, he, you know, you can think where Paul taught from that re- revelation that he overcame uh, and cast down principalities and powers, that uh, the ruler of this world is cast down, 
Jesus said about, about uh, the Holy Spirit revealing the judgment to us. So that's about as big a deal as you get. And the Scripture says in um, 1 Corinthians 15 that He must reign until all His enemies are put under His feet. So all authority has been given to me. I remember uh, hearing teaching, and I think it's a good, a good way to think about it. If all authority is given to Jesus, how much authority is left over for the enemy? That would be none. That would be none. So there's a lawlessness that's going on that creates the troubles and creates the resistance and borrows probably from me. Now, uh, God doesn't give His glory to another. He doesn't share that authority, but we're not another. We're His. We're image bearers. Uh, as, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. We get, you know, when you read John 17. But anyway, so here it is in the Great Commission. All authority had been given to me in heaven and on earth. That establishes the parameters of power for overcoming. All authority. Then it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the nation of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or keep all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. His presence is our overcoming. I am with you always to the end of the age. Doug and Janet are going to be here next week too. We're going to meet them this week, and they're going to be out here for a little while. Um, I, and and uh, I don't see them online. Okay, so I'll tell a story about Janet, and then I'll have to apologize later. So we were in transition in the church, and we were meeting over in the gym, and uh, I was teaching about the, the Great Commission, and I, I said, is there anybody here that can remember the Great Commission? And usually when I ask a question like that, it's a setup. Just if you've been here long, you know that. And uh, so anyway, Janet, uh, always enthusiastic, said, yeah. And she quoted, uh, all authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that I commanded you. She stopped, which was exactly what I was hoping for. Because I really think that's what people think about. When the Bible says something, we try to look for the obligation it puts us under instead of the power it gives us. And I said, well, that's beautiful, but you left something off. She said, what? I go, the promise that Jesus made, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. I happen to think that the two most powerful things about this are I have all of, all authority has been given to me and I'm with you. So the rest is just whatever. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It literally doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it was the early Christians who were rooted out of their homes and staked out in the Colosseum with lions to eat them, or whether it's you and I having difficulty or hitting problems in our culture or hitting problems in the mission field. It doesn't really matter. None of that changes all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, and I am with you always. And if you read the book of Acts, you can see that Jesus was with the disciples, confronting first the resistance of the Jews. He, Jesus was with Paul out there. He was with Peter in Cornelius' house. He was with Paul in the mission to the Gentiles. He was with Paul before the Roman rulers. He's with us. He's with us. So, you see the point? That... that uh, our source of overcoming has an unlimited source of authority. And that unlimited authority is our friend, our God, our Savior, the one in whom we are in union with, the one in us and us in Him. And He, you know, anyway. So here's one. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil good. So these are promises of overcoming. The source of our overcoming is Jesus' presence in our life and his authority and his victory. Already a done deal. Nobody's ever going to reverse the effect of the cross. No one's ever going to undo the ascension. Nobody's ever going to put Jesus back in the grave. It's not possible. That's a finished deal. So that's the source. These are the promises. Now, there is evil in the world. Evil can be overcome by good. Now, I don't actually know how in some instances. Does that mean you just uh, peace, love, hold the flower out? I, 
you know, it doesn't seem very effective. That doesn't. But again, if you divorce this, this promise from the reality of Jesus having all authority and being with you, then you lose, you lose touch with, with the promise. So again, this is a promise that is literally based on all authority being given to Jesus and Him promising to be with us. Right? Okay. I don't know the meaning of that, but I know it gives me hope. It gives me hope to not give up, not settle for anything, not just write something off because it's evil and God's eventually going to destroy the earth. That's not how... He's into redeeming and He has the authority to do it. Okay. 1 John 2.12. This is that sequence that's so powerful and it brings overcoming into it. I'm writing to you little children because your sins have been forgiven. You for His name's sake. I'm writing you fathers because you know Him who has been from the beginning. And I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you children because you know the Father. I have written to you fathers because you know Him who has been from the beginning. And I have written to you young men because you are strong. And the Word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. The connection I want to see, I want to talk about here, is the relational connection. Overcoming is a part, a byproduct a fruit of our relationship, of our knowing God and knowing Jesus. And that's why I think we misunderstand and why I'm looking forward to talking about it when I do get into the uh, looking at eternity and aeon and, and Alam and all that stuff. Um, this is eternal life, that they would know you and Jesus whom you sent. Because the knowledge of Him who is from the beginning, the knowledge of Him who has overcome, and even down here in the bottom, I know I spent a long time in my ministry, in my life, in my discipleship, interpreting the Word of God abides in you as a memorization kind of thing for the Scripture. And obviously you guys know that I think it's much more than that right now. I believe the Word of God is the person of Jesus Christ, the Logos, the Son of God. And I believe that Him abiding in us, and that's what He promises. And that day you'll know that I am in you, you're in me. The Father and I are going to come and we're going to dwell with you, he promises in John 14. And Matthew 28, he says, Lo, I will be with you always. He sent the Holy Spirit to be in us and with us forever. For the age. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But the connection, overcoming isn't a task set before us. Overcoming is an invitation to experience the victory that is built into the relationship that we have with God when His presence is in our lives. And we can count on it. Uh, now, here's those famous overcoming passages. Again, there's not too many. I didn't cover them all, but I covered most of them. Uh, the, the famous overcoming statements in the book of Revelation. So we'll go through these real quick. To Ephesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Okay? Pretty cool, right? Uh, the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I don't fully understand what that means. I know that the picture in Revelation goes on to tell us that the, the tree of life is growing on either sides uh, of the water, you know, life, and, and it's in the city, and it flows out through, from the throne and out to the gate. So it's it, in other words, we're talking about a reality in the age to come as well as whatever that reality is today, right? So we're talking eschatological, we're talking the future. Uh, hope, that thing. Uh, in uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 8, Smyrna, uh, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Wow. I mean, you can understand why. Because it doesn't... Overcoming doesn't create a list of things you get rewarded for. Overcoming is being in union with Jesus. Living in union. Drawing life from your union with Jesus. Receiving life from Him. Of course you're not going to be impacted by the second death. Of course you're not going to be impacted. Whatever the second death is. Uh, Revelation uh, 12 and then verses 17. Pergamum. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. I don't 
I don't understand much about that. But there is an excitement in me. And one thing I do think it points to is that you are known by God in a way that no other person knows you. The true you, the true who you are, is the name that's going to be on that stone. Overcoming opens up who we are. And that, I'll share in just a second something the Lord said to me that was pretty encouraging to me, and I hope it will be to you too. Revelation 2, again, this is Thyatira. He who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. As I also have received authority from my Father, I will give him the morning star. Again, I don't fully pretend to know what the particulars are of that promise. But we're talking of ruling and reigning with Christ. We're talking of him having all authority and him you know, saying to his disciples, this begins to make this stuff make sense. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. He told his disciples in John 20, as the Father sent me, so send I you. And this is on the heels of him saying, all authority. I have all authority, you know. I or knowing he has authority in overcoming. So this whole idea of ruling, reigning, being a part of his continuing victory until the last enemies are over. Again, this isn't a reward for something that we do right. This is the nature of the relationship that is born by overcoming in union with Jesus. Okay? And and do the little things that we were talking about overcoming, do those make a difference? I think so. So in Revelation 3, it's Sardis. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Again, I don't fully understand the ramifications of that. Uh, it means that we're living in forgiveness, because he said, if you don't forgive, I can't confess you for my father. Again, I don't understand all about it. But what I'm saying is overcoming is a key that is going to unlock all these promises in our lives. Philadelphia, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore, and I will write on him the name of my God in the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. So Jesus has got a new name as well. I don't understand what that means either. And, I, and, and I'm willing to admit that some of these promises may apply to groups because he's talking to the churches, the churches, the churches. But nevertheless, do you see how overcoming connects us with destiny? Overcoming connects us with destiny. It isn't just a function to get out of trouble now. It overcomes, it overcomes the the separation, the limitation, all that, that seem to, to have humanity in its group. Okay? And last one. Laodicea, he who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now this one does sound kind of individual, like a personal experience. And I mean, if somebody said to you, how would you like to sit down with Jesus on the throne next to the Father, would you say, yeah, that'll be cool? I would. <laughs> I would for sure. All right, so overcoming is our destiny as we are united in Jesus. It's not just a challenge in front of us. In other words, the need to overcome is not another challenge. The need to overcome is intrinsic in who we're made to be and who God is with us. Okay, uh, It is practical, powerful, transforming, and available to all who believe and who are born not of the will of men, but of God. There's something about that. And you understand that that is your foundational identity. Who are you? I'm a man born of God. I'm a woman born of God. These are big, big deals. And overcoming is an intrinsic part of that. So let me read something to you that the Lord said that was pretty uh, encouraging to me. I hope it will be to you too. Um, let's see here. All right. Uh, I had the Lord ask me a question. Uh, he said, what if there's truth in... in uh, what, are, what if there were elements of truth 
in these accusations, the accusations that I had let turn into accusations, actually, about the financial stuff and various other decisions. And uh, I, I said, well, I, I would, you know, Lord, I think there's almost always truth or you wouldn't even hear it. There's almost always truth in a challenge or in a need or in an accusation because otherwise you wouldn't even hear it. And then um, I, I said, by your grace and your love, I, I, I would want to face it. I would want to stand in grace and I would want to begin to speak. And he had commended me because the end of this two-day cycle where I was struggling with stuff, I ended up just, the Lord reminded me, you opened some doors by agreement. So go ahead and close those. And I just go, I close these doors. And I didn't feel particularly powerful, but it was, it was actually very, very powerful because a whole bunch of stuff changed. All right, so here's what the Lord said. To him who overcomes, I will give. He quoted these passages, which is what set me looking for him. The financial questions and the need for the next steps and the vision for you and for Vicky and for Joyland and everybody it's touching is a challenge to lead you once again being an overcomer. It is a relentlessly beautiful cycle of growth and transformation into who and what you are called, all of you, to be as my sons and daughters. The beautiful eternal truth is this. You are currently living as less than you are, less than you are known of it in heaven, and less than you have uh, than you are seen in my heart and my eyes. I see and know the more that you are. So the challenge itself, he, I was kind of stumbling reading that. Need a better pair of glasses. Um, it is the relentlessly beautiful cycle of growth and transformation into what and who you are called to be as my son and all of you as my sons and daughters. The challenge is the invitation to overcome. It's not just something to overcome. It is the tool. And I remember something that Graham Cook said one time. He was doing these meetings in, in London and around other places in England. And there were these guys that had really come against him. If you don't know who Graham Cook is, this won't make quite as much sense, but he's a Pentecostal guy and he stirs up some controversy from time to time. But these two guys would sit there on the front of his meetings week after week after week, conference after conference, heckling him, heckling him, heckling him, and holding up signs about, you know, heresy and all this kind of stuff. So he was, it was obviously frustrating, you know. And uh, he, so he took it to the Lord. And he said, the Lord gave me a vision. And uh, this, there was a vision of a big piece of marble, and there were these arms. One of them had a chisel and one of them had a hammer, and they were just banging away at this marble. And as as the vision progressed, he saw a likeness of himself being carved out of this marble. And he goes, wow, Lord, is that you doing that for me? Meaning the, oh, he said, oh, no, that's not, that's those two guys that have been on the front of your conference for these months. They're a gift of grace from me to you. And it changed the whole way he felt them. So what he did after that is uh, he went out personally and he bought notebooks and pens and pencils. And he, he uh, bought some sodas and some water and everything. And the next time they were there in the conference, before he started the conference, he just kind of privately went up to him and said, guys, I just, I, uh, I really want to appreciate what you bring. To me, it keeps me honest, makes me turn to the Lord. Um, I, I know that you take notes, so here's some notebooks. Here's some pencils, some pens. Uh, I've got some water for you. There's you know, other stuff, but I, I want you to know that I bless you and what you're doing. That was the last conference they went to. But I don't think you did it for that purpose. I think overcoming is intrinsic in being with Jesus. So for me, um, when when the Lord... Finally, when I was able to hear, 
These challenges are not something to get bent out of shape about. They're certainly not something to grouse about or complain about. They are another beautiful occasion to be transformed and to recognize my presence in your life, turning you into who I see and know you to be and who you're called to be that you're not yet fully living in. And so, does that mean it, it's never going to be painful or it's never going to be frustrating? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessary. But I do think it changes things. Yes, Al. This, um, this is spot on because this week has been a big week for me where um, most of you know my, my, my family situation and um, – and what happened this week is that I'm, I was all, because of the rejection, because of the things that have actually happened, I was always trying to justify myself. And um, so to communicate with the children that I don't have anything to do with, I, I put up for birthdays and things, um, just a post. And, and I had an amazing sister because my post was, was being made out of still the rejection, if you know what I mean, was going on. And and she put, as, as I see, when people go to their way to correct you because God's speaking to them, she put our friendship online. That she, Not that that would ever happen. But, but one of the things God pointed out to me was I was holding on to something. I was allowing this rejection still to affect me. And... And it was, it was sort of very subtle. As she was talking, I realised that that I was allowing this um, this thing, which had been hanging around me for years, just to still affect who I was. It sort of overcome. So when I when I let it go, when I said to God no, and I changed my post. Some of you would have seen my post probably before and after, but my post was just simply happy birthday to 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 my eldest daughter who I love deeply, who has caused me a lot of pain. And and when I did that, it was as if this whole thing, my identity, I was, I didn't, I suppose what my posts were trying to do was trying to justify my identity and justify me. Where when you when I let it go, I don't have to justify myself. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm holy, I'm blameless, I'm all the things the Bible says. If people do things to you, it doesn't, it doesn't dictate who you are. And the verse that Papa gave me, you're always good. You know, here's Jesus on the cross. He was completely persecuted, completely everything. And he's just saying, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they know not what they do. And Jesus could have been offended by what they did. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is Wow, you know, one week they're they're hailing him in as king, the next week they're crucifying him. But his identity was completely in who God created him to be, being one with Christ, you know, being God. You know what I mean? He didn't have an identity crisis. And what God was showing me is that Al, you still had an identity crisis. You were you were you were allowing the things that that have affected you, that have done been done against you to affect who you were. And when you when you let that stuff go, it's, it's, I, you were saying overcoming. Overcoming to me is a letting go. It's a massive letting go. It's not, it's not we have to do anything. It's actually a letting it go and allowing him to. And that's happened this week. And what it's done is it's a, there was something in my life that was bringing a level of heaviness on me all the time, every morning, all that type of stuff. By letting it go, I can really now enjoy life. I don't, it's I'm, It's okay to be me. It's okay to, to not allow the things of the past to affect who I am. I know that's probably a bit of a jumble what I've just said, but, but it was just a, wow, Papa, I've allowed this thing to, to hang over me for too long. And to and it affects us. It affects how we operate. It affects how we talk. It affects everything. And when you let it go, it's sort of oh, okay, that's cool, Papa. <laughs> this is who I am. And 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 even confirmed in the ascension afterwards was uh, we went to 
went to this place in the heavens and and we were we were given we we, we made it to this land and we were given these robes and and we put the robes on because that's what the people gave us these amazing robes and then but what we didn't know is there was a feast being prepared and when we got to the the place where they were having the feast we were just a bit like Narnia. We were, we were sons of Adam. We were we, we were recognised for who we are in Christ, not our past or anything. And then you talk about treasures, brother. One of the people, one of the people there, was saying, oh, "I want to show you the store. I want to show you the store." And when we went to the store, it was just full of gold, and they'd stored it up for us. And I think. And you truly understand, like it's just God's so slowly revealing, you truly understand who he, who he's made us, who he's created us to be. And we have the treasures of heaven. We, we are kings and we are queens. We are honoured because of Jesus, because of who he created us to be. We are in the likeness of God himself. And it was just a wow. But anyway, yeah, I've... I've, I've Rambled on for long enough, but that was just a wow factor. Awesome, Al. And I, I do think that there are certain of those revelations that can't be apprehended except for overcoming, and overcoming presumes a challenge. And so, you know, like that particular one uh, has has been before you and influencing you for a long time. Praise God. That's That's a great overcoming story. So thank you, Al. That's perfect. And that's what I want anybody else to do. Now, we've already had some of these talked about. Dave, Dave started the, the night with it. I shared a little bit about, about mine, not a lot of detail, but um, anybody else? If Jesus doesn't do it, I mean, it's just not going to happen. And it's, it's been an adventure. Um, and every, you know, even the th- either, you know, um, some of the little bit of uh, some of the struggles after, you know, uh, after being single, uh, he made me aware. Hey, I'm I'm right there with you. I see your struggles. I know I know all about it. And uh, that's been, um, but another thing that uh, just recently, I heard a message. That's. Point out the fact that um, Satan want or wants to attack our identity, wants us to believe that you know um, we're not in Christ, uh, we're not the righteousness of of, of 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 God in Christ in us. You know, it's just, um, and so that you know that's. Uh, that's I'm aware of that <laughs> today. That that um, um, yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I just uh, shared that with you and and uh, and like Alan, you know, um, still in process. Thank God, <laughs> but it's in it's in His hands, and it's not that a, you know you get sloppy or anything like that, or you know just. Um, you know, just, but boy, you just got to, to me, I just, I have to trust, 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 trust. The the realization that we're still in process makes total sense if you don't sell short what your destiny is. If you don't sell short that you're made in the image of God and that there's stuff that God has sent you to receive to enjoy to be transformed into so that's good and his presence makes all the difference when he says i'm with you in this new situation singleness it makes all the difference for me it's more than just being with because i i don't buy into this thing of you know you there was this thing about the footprints you know you know and you know you know that one you know yeah i i think that's just just uh i'm i'm alongside right right amen Amen. Yep, yep. I'm not a, I don't, 
I don't know, memorize, you know, I'm just not that way. But my favorite verse is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, that's my verse. Awesome, yes. buddy. That's good. Anybody else before we get the kids? Oh, yeah, Dave, come on up. So when, Paul, uh, when John is writing in the book of Revelations, he is, he's writing to churches that are in existence, and these mm -hmm. letters are going out to those churches. So when I read uh, about what he says about the churches and overcoming, that's, to me, that applies now. Yeah, I think it's so. It's not something that's going to happen in the future. Oh, the application of the overcoming is yes, absolutely right it is, now. It's just yes. the storing up of all these Mm -hmm. the fruit of that overcoming that goes on into eternity. That was my only point about it. But I absolutely agree with you. And I may not know my new name, but he knows it. He knows it. And the fact that you have one and he knows you, the fact that he's with us, that he's in us, that intimacy, that should change our lives. And, and, and anything, any way we conceive of discipleship or, or our faith, our walk, that keeps him at a distance and sets a task list in front of us, instead of an opportunity to see our destiny manifest in him. It just needs to change. Anyway, I think it's kind of cool. So. And just add this. One of the things that has happened in the last year or two is the um, Lord has really, really put in my heart to be thankful. And that has, that has changed the that has changed so much too. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Get up in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And the new day, you know. Um, to be thankful when you feel like you're oppressed. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amen. Hey, Jason, could you run back and see what's going on if they're ready with Laurel? Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Anyway, bless you guys. Uh, I hope this just let overcoming breathe new life into recognizing where God's taken you.